You're listening to Parenting with Emotional Intelligence, a subset of the Living and Leading with Emotional Intelligence podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, the founder of Catalyst for Change, LLC, Generation EQ, and author of The EQ Deficiency. If you find the information in this podcast valuable and want to learn more about how you too can incorporate these essential skills in your family's lives, I welcome you to contact me personally and we can have a chat. You can find my personal calendar link and contact information in today's show notes. Today we're going to talk about how to teach your child to self-soothe and regulate their emotions. If you've been a frequent listener of Parenting with Emotional Intelligence, you may already have heard one or two of these strategies, but I am also going to share with you a couple that I don't believe I've mentioned before. Obviously, age is going to play a big role in your child's ability to self-soothe and how they self-soothe. For instance, self-soothing is a bit of a stretch for younger children, especially toddlers, because they're not as emotionally mature as older children. So they will need your guidance in order to process their emotions. Before we teach our children how to self-soothe, first and foremost, I think it's important that we teach them how to identify their emotions and what they're feeling. And I teach this to adults too, because the truth is many of us don't know what we're actually feeling or why. And we can easily misidentify and mislabel our emotions, which may cause us to ineffectively treat them. So in the show notes, you can find, because I've placed a link to a free download of an emotional vocabulary sheet. And this document provides you with a robust list of over a hundred emotions and feelings ranging in different levels of intensity. This resource will not only be beneficial for your child to help them develop their emotional vocabulary, but it can also be helpful for you as well. And I hope you don't take that as me insulting your intelligence. That's not at all what I aim to do. In fact, I myself use this list as a resource because having a well-developed emotional vocabulary is not the norm for the majority of us. So I can't stress enough how important it is for us to develop a broad emotional vocabulary. I could seriously devote an entire episode to discussing how powerful and important that is. Okay, so I'm going to get back on track now. So once your child has identified the emotion or emotions that they're feeling, then you can help them figure out the best way to manage their emotions. And as an example... Let's say that your child is feeling inept. First off, how many times have you used the word inept to describe what you're feeling? I don't think I've ever used that word to describe what I'm feeling. And this is one of the words that I pulled from the emotional vocabulary sheet. And while I haven't used this word to describe what I'm feeling before, by definition, I have felt many times in the past inept because it's a feeling of lacking skill or feeling clumsy. And I believe this perfectly describes what many children often feel and probably many adults too, right? So don't shy away from teaching your children rich vocabulary words just because the word isn't commonly used or because you believe that your child is too young to understand its meaning. Like anything else, you just simply teach them its meaning. And they'll be better off for you having taught them. Okay, 
So what might a child need to do in order for them to process and manage this emotion of feeling inept? What's the opposite feeling of clumsy and lacking skill? Adequate and skilled, right? Again, if you're dealing with a toddler or a child who is not used to self-soothing or regulating their emotions, your participation and guidance will be needed until they are emotionally mature or skilled enough to do this on their own. So after your child understands what they're feeling and why they're feeling the emotion, then you might pose a question to them to help them move past that feeling. In this case, you might say something like, well, what are you proud of? What do you know that you're really good at? And if they can't think of anything, you can help by providing them with a time that they felt accomplished and proud, not when you felt proud of their accomplishments. This distinction is important because it's about them feeling proud of themselves. So you might want to say, do you remember that time when you drew a castle and how proud you were of yourself? How did that feel? Remember how we hung it on the fridge and you showed us all of the different colors you used? Again, notice I didn't say, do you remember how proud I was of you? I also didn't label it as a beautiful picture, the most amazing drawing ever, or mention how artistic they are. I instead focused on their feelings and actions around that experience because it's about teaching self-validation, not getting validation from the outside, from other people telling you how amazing you are. We want to evoke their own pride and confidence, but not through the labels and opinions of others. This example teaches your child to shift focus to more positive feelings in order to help them overcome those unpleasant emotions. So essentially, you're taking the emotion that they're feeling that's unpleasant. You're finding the anonyms to those, the opposite words, and trying to pull from experiences where they have felt that opposite feeling. So opposite being a positive feeling. And although we are moving to a more positive feeling, I do want to stress that it's still important that we fully process that initial unpleasant emotion. Otherwise, it could become suppressed, manifest in unhealthy ways. So always, always, always process that first emotion. And this is something that I really need to create a separate video on and dive a bit deeper into because That is a topic in and of itself. Another great way to teach children to self-soothe is to teach them how to talk through their feelings and emotions themselves. And for younger children, this could possibly be talking to one of their stuffed animals or dolls or toys. Encourage them to use their imagination to work through that inner dialogue. Additionally, you can encourage them to maybe draw what they're feeling, have them create a story of how they chose to overcome that feeling. All of that can be beneficial because our thoughts create our reality. So just having them thinking about overcoming their emotions and their imagination and creating this story gives them a guide for how to actually overcome that feeling in the physical world. 
If your child is older and is learning to write, you may encourage them to write a short story about their experience, maybe add some pictures to illustrate. And after they're done, you might ask if they want to share that story with you, which helps you to better understand how they're feeling. And it also teaches them that it's okay to express and share their feelings with others. And as your child continues to grow and develop emotionally and intellectually, the simple picture book or expression might morph into a journal entry, which can give them a deeper sense of awareness of self, and they can feel more comfortable addressing their feelings and processing them. And the last tool that I'm going to talk about or recommend in this video is for children ages three to seven, plus or minus a few years. And that's a calming corner. And this is something that I've talked about before. A calming corner is a small space in your home that's equipped with age-appropriate tools to help your child work through their emotions on their own. For example, you may have a feelings chart on the wall that has both pictures and words to help them identify what they're feeling. And below each of these feelings, you'll see visuals and written icons that depict coping strategies. For example, under an angry face, there may be icons for breathing, listening to music, maybe snuggling with a plush pillow or stuffed animal, etc. And your child gets to choose a healthy coping activity that works best for them in that given moment. Additional items that can usually be found in a calming corner or a coping corner or stuffed animals, pillows, books, drawing supplies, feelings cards, especially for older children. And these feelings cards can be an alternative to that chart that I talked about on the wall. But all of these things are meant to help support your child when they're feeling strong emotions and to help teach them how to self-soothe, how to self-regulate. If a calming corner sounds intriguing to you, I have placed a couple links in the show notes to some of my favorite tools and resources for calming corners. So as a quick recap, here are just a few of the things that I shared with you today to help your child self-soothe or ways to guide your younger children through processing their emotions. And those are first and foremost, helping them to identify what they're feeling and building a robust emotional vocabulary teaching them to reverse the emotions. So if they're feeling inept, getting them to focus on what they're skilled at and what they feel confident about. And when we reverse the emotions, we still want to make sure that we're fully addressing the initial emotions so that it doesn't become suppressed or manifest in some unpleasant way. And again, as I had mentioned before, this is something that I want to expand upon in an upcoming episode. For younger children, we mentioned having them talk to their stuffed animal and give them love and cuddles to help them process those emotions, especially with sadness. We talked about having your child either draw or create a short story or journal about what they're feeling and how they decided to overcome that feeling. And then the last tool that I mentioned was a calming corner, which again, you can find out additional information about in the show notes. So those were just a couple of things that may help your child to self-soothe and work through their emotions. That's all for today's episode of Parenting with Emotional Intelligence. 
I hope you found the information valuable. And if you'd like to learn more or have questions, I encourage you to check out generationeq.org where you can find out information about upcoming Generation EQ Parents Clubs, where I personally facilitate 90-minute, where I personally facilitate 90-minute interactive discussion sessions every month on parenting with emotional intelligence and expand upon topics such as this. In addition, I offer private family programs, which takes into account your family's unique personalities and behaviors, and I will put the link to Generation EQ website where you can find out all of this information in the show notes below. Until next time, live and lead with an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening. 